Hello, and welcome to another teaching by 119 Ministries. Our ministry teaches that the whole Bible is still true and directly relevant in our lives. If you would like to know more on what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. Tonight, this is the night of the last message, and tomorrow night will be our Q&A, and so, um, well, I know I wanted to say this tomorrow night, but I want to say it again right now, I want to thank all of you for coming and making this an awesome Sukkot. I think every single one of us have learned and grown together, and it's been a joy, just a joy, you know. And um, and again, as a prayer mentioned, I am thankful for the whole Klein family. Folks, you need to get to know these people because they are a bundle of love. And they do everything they can and even more to pursue with all the passion to live what they say. You know what I'm saying? They don't just talk it. They pursue it every night. Well, um, I have a human video for you tonight. This one is titled Images of Faith. And, you know, how many of you grew up in church, if you will? You know, okay, pretty much, sort of. All. You know, there are certain things that when you hear a certain Bible story or a certain name, instantly an image comes to your mind. And you remember that image because it was ingrained in you for how long ago? It's an image of faith. It's an image that was deep inside of your heart. Please stop. Thank you. It's my son. <laughs> In case other parents went, well, you're not within my <laughs> Now, so, there are things that no matter what you go through, what you struggle with in life, and whenever you hear a certain story or whatever, immediately that conjures up that, that, that whole image, that picture, that movie that you have in your mind of what happened in that story. And we say story, it's a real life thing that happens. So in this video, I'm asking you, what are the images of faith in you? You'll see several images I'll present, and hopefully, whenever you see it, it'll make sense to you. But you know, the biggest thing is this. We have the scriptures for us. He's been given, we were given the scriptures so we may walk in time, be strengthened in health. I pray that tonight that you will be strengthened in remembering the word of God. A tree in the garden. 
All right. As I mentioned earlier, sadly tonight is the last message that we have tomorrow night. Again, will be the Q and A. Um, before we kick in too much into this message, and actually kind of a part of this message, I'd like to kind of recap just for two or three minutes, if you don't mind, what we've had so far. First, our first message was simply titled, Aliens and Strangers. A reminder to all of us that we are to be just that, aliens and strangers, uncomfortable with our surroundings, not fluent with the system of the world, if you will. Being aliens, who's ever been into a foreign country? You walk in there, you go, man, I'm an alien stranger, especially if you can't speak that language. That's what the Father wants us to be in this world. Next, our second message was simply titled, In Training. It was all about going through the hard times, learning to depend on Him in those hard times, realizing the hard times really for what? Are good. Are good. In Training. Our third message the seven ducks in the muddy river. How many of you guys psyched on that? <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. my wife go, you got me, man, you got me. That was funny. But that message was really all about, again, humility. How we need to walk in humility every day of our life. Every day. To learn and to grow in that humility. And last night, a message was on prayer. Simply all about how to walk a life of prayer. Not just here and there, or, or there and here, but a life of prayer. Now, all of that leading up to tonight. Would you please turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. My dad went on back in 1995, and this text that we have tonight is actually verses that he memorized just one month before he went on. So it has a little bit of impact for me. Beyond even the message that has in the Word. Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 6, and it starts by saying, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For Yahweh your God will be with you wherever you go. Title of tonight's message is simply, Ready for the Storm. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you and we exalt you. And we are so thankful to be here. Father, I pray again that you open all of our hearts. Open our hearts. Open our ears. Our minds. Help us to receive your word with joy and thanksgiving. Help us, Father, to apply your word to our life. Father, I pray that you use me in spite of me. I pray, Father, that every word that comes through me is straight from your throne. Nothing more, nothing less. Help all of us, Father to walk out of this house 
a different people, a different person from when we walked in. In Yeshua's name, would everyone agree by saying, Amen. Amen. Is it hot in here or is it just me? It's hot. Let's open that door, can we? Yeah. There are some things that in life it just requires a little more thought. There are some things in life that simply require a little more fun. Now, the quick fixes are great, especially when they work. Okay. But it just doesn't seem to work for everything. For example, I'm going to give you a second and just look this over real quick. It's called an engineering flow chart. Does it move? No. Should it? No. No problem. Yes? WD-40. <laughs> Does it move? Yes. Should it? Yes. No problem. Should it? No. Duct tape. <laughs> you got it answered right there. You know, every household has to have a can of WD-40 and duct tape in it. That's all there is to it. Yes. Amen. I mean, now granted, it's not for the permanent fix, but we all have been there one point or another. Well, just for right now. You know. And then the right now goes for a week and maybe two weeks and then maybe next year we try to get to that again. Yeah, okay. So, some things though need a little more effort. They need more time. They need more application to thought of how we're going to fix. Are we going to fix this thing right or we're just going to do a band-aid when it really needs probably five or ten stitches? Okay. So, these are the things we have to examine ourselves in life. Now, one who is ready for the storm is one who is close to the Father. We mentioned earlier our whole theme is about close, getting closer to the Father. But what does it mean to be ready for the storm? You can be prepared all you want in the physical, but if you are not prepared in the spiritual, you're wasting your time. I want to say that one more time. I'll make one amen out of that. <laughs> you can be prepared in the physical all you want. If you are not prepared spiritually, you are wasting your time. Amen. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, now. So, this can apply to any storm in our life. Not just in times, people. Any storm. We all have gone through storms at one point or another. Now, hard times draws us to our knees if we're not there already. And hopefully we are. Now, there is not strength in numbers. Listen, there's not strength in numbers. Now, there is encouragement in numbers, I'll give you that. But, more than anything, there is a false sense of security in numbers. There is not strength in numbers. So we're going to be struggling with that. Folks, there is strength in Yahweh. If you're by yourself, it makes no matter. If you have Yahweh, you are more powerful than anyone needs to be. Now, David took on Goliath alone. So if we say there's strength in numbers, we're saying David was weak. In reality, if, oh, there's strength in numbers. Well, then it means the alternative would simply mean to think, if you're alone, you're, well, you're weak. When in reality, it's always those who stand up by themselves in the scriptures, the command of Yahweh, who are the strongest ever. You know what I'm saying? 
So strength is not found in numbers. Strength is found in Yahweh. Consider Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Compare it. Judges chapter 8. Now, Ziba and Zalmunna were in Kakar with a force of about 15,000 men, all that were left of the armies of the eastern peoples. 120,000 swordsmen had fallen. Verse 11, Gideon went up by the, by the route of the nomads east of Nobah and Jajabah, excuse me, Jabahah, and fell upon the unsuspecting army. Ziba and Zalmunna, the two kings from Midian, fled out. Fled, but he pursued them and captured them, routing their entire army. Now check this out. In case you didn't know, he only had, meaning Gideon, 300 men. 300 men, and he started with 34,000. Now, I'm sure you know the story, but let's go over this for a little remembrance here. First of all, Yahweh appears to Gideon and says, hey, you mighty man of Baal. And then he goes, excuse me, we talking about And then uh, he says, you're going to do this, this, that, and the other. Also, we know that Gideon struggles because he is the least of the least of the least. He throws out the fleece. God answers his prayer on the fleece. Then he says, okay, well, Father, make it dry and everything else wet. God answers it. And then, so he finally he gets in his head, he's cold. Okay. So he goes out, gets as many people as he can, you know, get the army going. I think he starts off around 34,000. And then, you know, they're all, you know, around here and Yahweh's, I mean, he's getting, he's kind of getting excited. He's 34,000, we're looking good. I can just imagine, you know. And then all of a sudden, God goes, you got too many men. He goes, yeah, God, I go, excuse me? <laughs> you can never have too many men in an army. You know what I'm saying? So the father says, hey, look, you know what I want you to do? I want you to tell everyone who's scared and you know, maybe they ought to do whatever. Tell them to go home. whole bunch of people went home. Gideon's going, you probably look like me, you know? Just going like this. Going, you know, Yahweh, um, the big army out there and we're supposed to be building an army. And so he says, you know what? Yahweh says to him, you still have too many. <laughs> You're a funny guy. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's cool. What's going on? Okay. You got too many. Okay. What now? And then he tells them, go down, and anyone, they all get a drink. Anyone who licks the water like a dog, tell them to go home. He ends up with 300 men. Only 300. You know the story. Now, check this out, though. We just read where they routed and literally killed 120,000 men. 300, 120. Do the math, folks. That's 400 to 1. On my best day, I could probably do 395, maybe. <laughs> the bottom line is we know that something is way beyond impossible. Why? He wants, you know... I don't want to get my head in my nose. Okay, hold on. The bottom line is, they did the impossible through who? Him. 
Not through their strength, not through their technology, not through everything that they can bring up and dream up. No, it was through him and him alone. And that's where the glory should always go. Somebody say a hearty amen. amen. Now, we aren't called to walk in our strength. Listen closely, because this is important. We are not called to walk in our strength. We are called to walk in his strength. We are called to walk in history. That means there will be times in our life where we will have to do something outside of our strength. The Father calls us to do the impossible. That way, He is the only one who gets the glory. So, are you ready to do the impossible? <laughs> are you ready to take on 400 men for just your one? Think about it. Makes us think, doesn't it? Now, consider this is a time in 2 Kings when the king was looking for Elijah. So let's pick up in the story. The king was pursuing Elijah. He's really kind of hacked at him at this time. So 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 13, says this. Go find out where he is, meaning Elijah, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan, verse 14. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. Next verse. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, Oh Yahweh, open his eyes so he may see. Father, let us all see. Then Yahweh opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Don't fear. Don't be scared. There's far more for us than there are for them. Are you with me? Elisha wasn't even phased by seeing these soldiers. He didn't even go like the servant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he goes, chill out, I got it. He didn't even, he wasn't scared. He simply said, Father, open his eyes like you have opened mine. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it would be really cool to see horses and chariots of fire pointing away from you and around you to defend you. I'm sorry. That's just like, oh man, that would just rock. Now, I wouldn't want to be in the situation at first. So, Elisha was not phased. Joshua led the people to conquer the very giants that their parents were too scared to fight in. Our text. Think about this. Joshua took on the very people that the parents were too scared to go into. What were these people? Big people. It says they look, they make us look like grasshoppers, it said. Now, let's look at our text again. Joshua 1 says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers, to give them. Now, okay, there's one time, okay? Follow with me. One time he says, be strong and courageous. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. 
Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Three times. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For Yahweh your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, let's example Let's examine all this a little bit. We're talking about Moses is now gone. Joshua and Caleb. That's it. Okay? And they know they're about ready to go into the land. Three times he says, be strong and courageous. Because Yahweh knew what he was going to be facing. In other words, when they, the 12 spies first went in, they just saw a glimpse of what was going to come. And three times the father said, be strong. Have I not commanded you? Because it's almost like when I read that in verse 9, right there, um, verse 9, have I not commanded you? It's almost like you can see the father's talking to him, and Joshua's going, I don't know about this. You know what I'm trying to say? And then he's, the, for the third time, he's saying, Have I not commanded you? Be, hey, look. When he commands, you got to what? Obey. So, here we have Joshua being commanded to not fear. Now, fear should not paralyze us. How many has ever been paralyzed by fear? How many, and I, and I don't know about you, but I've had a few times throughout my life when I'm lying in bed and all of a sudden you hear something. What do you do? I mean, it's almost like you can move your eyes, but you can't move your head. And you just want to be still, and you think. And then you can't wait to say, We've been there one time or another. It's kind of spooky. Now, but we are not to allow ourselves not to allow ourselves to be paralyzed in fear. What is the opposite of fear? Faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. Fear should wake us up. Fear should say, bring it on. When it comes to the people of Yahweh, when fear is in our face, come on, I'll take you on because I don't know who's behind me. I don't fight for me. I'm on his side. And it's really kind of funny, this is not my notes, but there's a part where Joshua sees Yahweh and he, and he walks out and goes, are you for us or for them? Do you remember this part of the story? What's, what was his answer? Neither. We have to choose to be on his side. Then when we are on his side, then he is on our side. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. All right. Now, going against the odds is nothing new to the Father. Have you ever thought about that? Going against the odds is nothing new to the Father. I mean, let's face it. The father was not scared, he was not concerned, even one little bitty bit, 
when his people were being pursued on one side by Pharaoh, and then all of a sudden we have the Red Sea right here. He wasn't phased. Oh, no. Hey, hey, Michael, what's going on here? Uh, uh, who put the Red Sea over there? <laughs> it didn't happen. He knew what he was doing. It didn't phase him. Why should we allow it to phase us? Going against the odds makes it clear, again, who should get the glory. How many of you have ever heard of Corey Tembu? I love her little saying that has been circled the globe. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Isn't that a cool little saying? I mean, man, that is just like, wow. That's like a little proverb. It's just like it can stick with you, you know? Now, fear focuses on the problem and not the problem solver. See, faith focuses on the problem solver. Fear focuses on the problem. And when you're focused on fear, you're not looking at the problem solved. Are you with me? Yeah. Now, all of us have been through circumstances in our life where we have something that just seems, wow, big. I mean, huge, big. And if we dwell on that problem and we keep looking at it, and we just keep looking at it, and, and oh, oh my stars. Are you with me? How big does that hand look to me right now? Huge. I pull it in perspective. Oh, it's nothing. Then I look up and see how big he is. What are you focusing on? Fear focuses on the problem. Faith focuses on Yahweh. Now, you know, how many of you ever played hide and seek in your child? The Father just puts that in us. I was talking to some people out the other day, and it's, it's so much fun. You know, we love to play it as children, and, and it's, it just brings up old memories when we think about it. And But it's like that with us today if we really think about it. We love to seek out what the Father has hidden in the Scriptures. Don't we? Yes. You learn something new? Oh, wow! Did you see that? So, I never saw that before. I say that all the time. Have you ever read a scripture that you have read a whole bunch of times? And then all of a sudden it's like a light flips on on something, you go, oh. yeah. Yeah. Those, those are the coolest moments. I mean, just the coolest things, you know? So, next, Proverbs. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out a matter, is the glory of kings. He puts that in us to want, to know, to seek, and pursue it. Now, and then we can look at that with the end times where we're all trying to know and trying to figure things out. Now, we are currently waiting for the birth pains to kick in. We all know that everything's going to start with the birth pains, Yeshua says, you know. And we all think, well, I think it's going to happen this way. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of see this. And, and for as many people we have in this room, you're going to have that many opinions on how things can happen in the end times. Are you with me? And that's really true. And we've all got a, a different flavor, different background, and that's okay. Now, when we first had our first child, Nicole, somewhere around here she is, I was kind of nervous. I mean, we're talking, due date is like, today, okay? And, and I'm going, okay. I'm just waiting for her to say, hey, go. <laughs> And I can't remember how it all happens, but the thing of it is, I remember we started having, you know, the the uh, 
the birth pains started kicking in all over what we thought they were. And then Andy goes, well, it's probably just the Braxton Hicks. I'm going, you know what Hicks? What? The Braxton Hicks. What are they? They're fake, if you will, birth pains. It's like, you, you think it's going to happen? Oh, no, it's not. Oh, no, no, so good. Oh, it's not. No, so good. <laughs> a lot of times in life, today, sometimes I think we're seeing the Braxton Hicks. A little shake here. Oh, this is going to be it. Nope. Oh, they're, they're getting warm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Nope. <laughs> We've all been there, have we not? Yeah. Okay. So, and that's okay. Now, here's the thing. Are you ready? If, and I say if, we are nearing the end times, are you ready? See, I don't think I'm ready. I don't think I can do it. A lot of people can, can say that they're too, they're too fearful. They don't think they can enter into the end times. They don't think they can stand up. It's too much to I can't do it. I can't handle it. You know, Angie was telling me the other day, um, you said y'all went to, uh, the, what's it, the Grotto or something? Grotto. Grotto. And, well, in that, Levi didn't want to go. And so, Angie made her baby go. And then he was kind of complaining, I don't know why I'm going out, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, he gets on it, and he's having the time of his life. And, and he was running 100 miles an hour, she says. And he slept like a rock that night. <laughs> and a lot of times, I really think this is going to happen for us when the end times do start, if it's during time soon. I think we can have this, this um, man-made fear Okay, uh, ooh, it's going to be too much. When we forget, the Holy Spirit is going to be right there empowering us. Amen. And I think when it when it starts, yeah, it might be kind of like you uneasy, not sure how to go. But all of a sudden, once things go, I think the Holy Spirit is just going to empower every single one of us. And we will be doing things we thought we could never, ever do. Hallelujah. I really mean that. I, I think right now we think, I can't do that. Well, right now, no, you can't. But he can through you. Are you with me? Now, now, with that, though, keep in mind, that's for our everyday living as well. You can do this. If you're going through something that's just so hard, you know, this is an application just for the end times. This is an application for any storm in life that we go through. You can make it. Are you with me? Yes. Now, I gotta tell you, I really think that when it happens, that adrenaline is just gonna be flowing. And we won't even be thinking a thing about it. Now, I would say the last four or five months, my children have gone through this kick of wanting to scare people. <laughs> All three of them. Could be Nadia, Levi, Boy, all three of them. One time, <laughs> I walk in the front door. This is bright, shiny day, Costa Rica. I mean, you know, windows are all open, shining light. I mean, it's beautiful day. I walk in the front door, and Levi is probably sitting like maybe three feet from me from the door, 
I walked in, he was rock. <laughs> I scared you, didn't I? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and then, there's another time. Nadia, she comes right out of the bathroom door, and the bathroom door's over here, okay? And I'm going to say probably 20 feet away, Levi is sitting at the table. She opens the door. Rah! 20 feet away, really? <laughs> you know, are you following me? Now, so, I just think it's funny because I think there's going to come a day when all this time we may be worried, concerned. But whenever things happen, and that we, we know the Holy Spirit is there. But we're learning and growing in Him and that purification is happening. And then there will be those times where Satan comes and goes, Rah! We go, Get him, God. You know what I'm saying? My thing is this. I want to bring out. Don't underestimate what the Holy Spirit can do for you. He did things through His people back then. He can do things through his people today. Are you with me now? Now, I remember going paintballing one time with some friends. I was just talking about this the other day. And uh, I had only gone paintballing one time before. And, and it was actually an indoor thing. It's really kind of tacky. Well, this time, I got to go out with the professionals. And they really were good. <laughs> and and everybody is dressed in camo. I mean, they are like dead dog serious. This is like, this is it. And some of them even had their own guns, really nice guns and stuff. And, and so I'm, I'm, you know, trying not to look scared. I'm trying to look like one of the guys. And all the while, I'm like, God, why am I here? The first five minutes... Well, they, they had three different fields. It's a couple different ones. One was called um, Vietnam. And man, when you walked into that big field, you felt like you are in Vietnam. I don't know how they did it, but they mimicked images you see, TV and stuff. I felt like I was in Vietnam. And then there's other one. There's another one from World War II. And I'm going, wow, how are they doing this? I don't know what they did. They planned all these certain kind of things or whatever. And there was another one called Civil War. And it was just like Civil War. The first one we went to was the Vietnam, and I remember my, my adrenaline was just kicking, because we had 12 guys on each team, and one guy had to, we had to cross her, it was really like a little baby cross saver, it was a creek, probably, you know, three, four, five feet wide, and they're on that side, and then we're, and they're like way over there, and we're at the end of our side, and then you hear the guy going, three, two, one, you hear a huge, and at that moment, you knew you had to run, you didn't, you don't know where you're going, but you gotta go find your where you're gonna hide and where you're gonna get in position and stuff. Well, I found right away I was not in a good position. <laughs> I thought, well, there's a barrel here, there's a barrel here, let's do it, you know? And, and I kind of get down, and all of a sudden, I don't know how, I'm sitting there thinking, and it was, I wasn't sitting down more than 10 seconds. All of a sudden, how do they see me? 
how many um, you're hearing it? And when it says, this is just paintball for crying out loud, okay? This is not real bullets. And and you're hearing them fly past you, and you're seeing them hit. And I've seen the other guys get these big bruises before. I'm like, I don't want this, you know? And so I get on my hands and knees. I mean, my hands and toes, and I'm literally going as low as I can. And there's just a little bit, and you can barely see me. And I mean, oh my stars, it really put fear in me for a stinking paintball, you know? <laughs> my thing is this. When things happen, it's going to catch us off guard. Even though we're all looking, we're all think we're prepared. It's going to catch us off guard. And we need to be in the mindset of getting ready to go. What we have to do, are we ready? The thing is, I adjusted. I actually did a real good job that day. I was actually kind of, you know, I'm thankful. I didn't do too bad, you know. I wasn't as stupid as I thought I was. Now, a friend said to me recently, he said, you know, it's going to be so much easier when we know we can start counting the 1,260 days. I go, you know, that's actually kind of true. It's going to be like, once it starts, I know, I go, I get to each day, one day less, one day less. Are you following me? Yeah. You know it's, the time is done, it's time to start it, and we can start counting down to the return of Yeshua. Now, when will it happen? You know, everyone sees things a little differently, as we mentioned earlier. We all have our different perspectives. Now, with that in mind, please look at this image I want to give you. I hope I made it big enough. Can you see it? Same object, two shadows. From one perspective, you see a perfect square. The other perspective, you see a perfect circle. We're all looking at the same object. It's the same thing. So you can look at it. So see, that is a square. I'm going, come on, it's a circle. Look. No, Steve, look right here. You look right here. And Yahweh's saying, yep, you're both right. Move on. <laughs> One day, he will show us how it's the same thing, and we're all, it all gels perfectly together. Are you with me? Okay. Now, it's the same with prophecy, no matter what you look at. Now, today, we climbed the Tobermary Tower today. And it was not sunny, like it looks in this picture. Um, but just because we're all on the top does not mean we were all seeing the same thing. The top of that had four sides to it. Four general views. Yet, even then, we could only see the tops of the trees. We assumed what was at the bottom of the trees, but we couldn't see it. Just like with prophecy. We can see the tops sometimes, and then we start assuming how it looks down in there, how all the nuts and bolts fit together, if you will. Are you with me? Yeah. But yet, we're all seeing different sides, and we're all seeing the same thing. Now, I believe it's quite possible, because like today, it was kind of hazy, or foggy, but just hazy. You couldn't see really far. It was still a beautiful, beautiful seeing of them. We even all were saying, man, it was so sunny and beautiful. You could see for miles, and it was so cool. 
And, and it hit me, I'm thinking, you know what, at the same time, though, if it was foggy, you couldn't see 10 feet in front of you. And I think as time gets closer and gets closer, the fog will begin to lift. And we'll all begin to see just that little bit more. Oh, look here, I've seen this. Oh, you're right. Also, the next thing, a little more left. Next thing you know, it'll all be crystal clear, and we'll all be seeing it as it's supposed to be. Now, three times in our text tonight, we saw where the Father told Joshua to be strong and courageous. Ladies and gentlemen, please listen to me. It's time for Yahweh's people to be strong and courageous. As I said earlier, physical preparations are important. I'll give you that. We all should be doing something, if not even for the end time, at least for, for general emergencies. I think it's only using wisdom. Myself, anyway. But, if you aren't prepared spiritually, it doesn't matter how prepared physically you are. You aren't prepared. Now, we have to do all we can to get our hearts being in the attitude of being aliens and strangers. We have to get our hearts set on being in training, preparing ourselves for the hard times, whatever times those may be. We have to get our hearts set on being humble, walking before the Father, humble, knowing our position before Him. We have to get our hearts set on being in an attitude of prayer 24-7. Then, I can say, I really think we'll be ready for the storm. Ready for the storm. With the images of faith dug deep into our hearts. Knowing the verses, knowing the scriptures, knowing the history of those who have walked the same walk before, and how they conquered, how they lived, how they pursued. That's our brothers and sisters. Are you with me? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very simple, simple message. And I wanted it that way. Because sometimes we can get too, too much. And sometimes he's saying, you know what? You got to get with me first. And then I'll start showing you, I'll start preparing you. And that's why I have to say right now, it's really time for us to draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Let's pray. Father, I love you and I praise you and I thank you. And I am the first to know that this message was something simple. But yet, at the same time, something needed. Because you called us to be strong and courageous. And in order for us to do that, we have to do it your way, not our way. We have to get our hearts prepared and right before you. Before we can think we can do anything in you. Before we can even imagine you doing something through us. We have to be ready as that clean vessel before you. We know, Father, that 
just like an instrument. An instrument sitting in a corner can do nothing by itself. It can be a really cool set of drums, a really beautiful piano, a really nice guitar, but those instruments can do nothing on themselves. They need the musician. Without the musician, they are nothing. Father, without you, we are nothing. We can think we have this talent. We can think we can do this. We can think we have that ability. But without you, we are nothing. We need you. We ask, Father, that tonight, as all of us seem to have a mentality to some degree that, you know, man, things are happening in this world. How far we are, we don't know. But, Father, we ask that you will help us to be spiritually prepared whatever the storm is that we are about to go through. Whatever storm we have ahead of us, help us to walk in faith and not in fear. To not let that fear paralyze us, but to say, bring it on. We know who we serve, and we know he is mighty to save. Father, we ask you again to let our hearts be pure and right before you at all times. I pray, Father, that tonight we go our separate ways, that this little message rings in our hearts the next 24 hours and even beyond. That we start asking ourselves, where am I at? Am I ready? What do I need to do to get ready? Am, am I truly walking like an alien and a stranger in this world? Am, am I in my prayer life where things are Am I truly walking in humility? Am I in training right now? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I growing in Him? Due diligence on our part is needed. Help us, Father, to walk in that diligence and not walk in a, in a slap happy kind of way thinking all is going to be good when we know, Father, it's going to be good only in you. Help us to be in you at all times. Again, Father, we ask that you be with us now as we go our separate ways or we gather around. I ask, Father, that tomorrow night, that we, as we enter into the Q&A, Father, that we'll all have a good time with one another, learning from one another as well. We love you, we praise you, and we give you all honor and glory and power and praise. In Yeshua's name, and everyone agree by saying, amen. amen and amen. Thank you so much. proclaimed Pharisee turned champion of the faith, writing 13 letters which would later become the pillars of Christian doctrine. Millions today use Paul to teach the changing of the law of God, despite the fact that other scriptures declare something quite contrary to the common interpretations of his writings. King David tells us that the law of God is freedom. But many believe Paul said the law of God is slavery. But Paul also said that we should follow the law of God. And he said that he delights in the law of God. But he also said that we are not under the law. This may be completely new to you. You may have never considered any of this. Welcome to The Pauline Paradox, a modern theological reality in which many turn a blind eye. 
we confront this paradox head on and seek, once and for all, to understand the true Hebraic context in which his words were originally authored, to bring reconciliation to his words, regardless of the depth of this challenge. We discover that Paul stated that he followed the whole law of God and even taught the law of God. We show how Peter, a person who knew Paul better than any today, warned us of how Paul's writings regarding the law were difficult to understand and how his words are misunderstood easily. If one did not know the Old Testament well enough even 2,000 years ago, Peter warned that misunderstanding Paul would cause one to break the law of God in ignorance. We find that even in the first century, Paul was constantly falsely accused of not keeping the law of God. We even see James defending Paul, proving that Paul kept and taught the law of God. This is all in the Bible. One of the keys to unlocking the context of Paul's letters is to have a proper understanding of the debates of the first century. In this series, we will cross-reference several passages to reveal the ongoing dialogue which occurred between the parties involved. We show how Paul was constantly accused of not teaching the whole law of God, and when he was confronted with such accusations, he always claimed to follow and teach the whole law of God, even to the point of paying for sacrifices at the temple to prove such accusations to be false. Does this all sound too crazy to be true? We implore you to test everything, to challenge your faith and seek truth, not tradition. The first teaching in the Pauline Paradox series is titled, Is the Majority Ever Wrong? We address the first mental barrier, which is a misplaced confidence in the self-professed doctrinal experts who claim to understand Paul's words. Then, in the teaching, the Paul you never knew, we reveal words of Paul that many never see, the real Paul, the Paul that kept and taught the whole law of God. Following that, we detail in the teaching, why is Paul so difficult to understand? The root cause of why so many misunderstand Paul. This then leads us into the teaching, which law Paul, which to the surprise of many, exposes the fact that Paul was not always just talking about the law of God when he spoke of the law. In fact, Paul mentions at least seven laws. The law of God, the law of sin, the law of sin and death, the law of the spirit of life, the law of faith, the law of righteousness, the law of Christ. What are all these laws and how do they relate to one another? More importantly, how does it help us understand Paul's letters in respect to the law of God to help us avoid the error of the lawless that Peter warns us about in reading Paul's letters? It is in that that we then, verse by verse, dive deep into Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, and more to solve and reconcile the Pauline paradox once and for all. We make it available to you in one series so you can test all of this yourself to the unchanging Word of God. For more free information, including these free video teachings, please visit us at testeverything.net. It is because of you our generous supporters who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab. Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations.